Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, friends. My name is Donna Pritchard. And my name is Angela Malloy. And we are so happy that you are here with us in person and online. Friends, will you turn and greet our people online? Welcome. We invite all of you, if you're here in person or online, to fill out our Connect card. It's our way of uh, knowing if you have any prayer requests, or uh, if you are new for the first time for us to reach out to you. You can find it as a QR code in your bulletin or physical cards in your pew. And now my friends, on this second Sunday in the season of Lent, would you please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship? Holy God, as we gather this morning, we may be distracted by many things. Grant, Grant us focus. focus. Our lives are cluttered, full of complexities. Our hands are clinging to so many things. Loosen, Loosen our, our grasp. Grant, grant us grace. It's a gift to be simple. It's a gift to be free of distraction, anxiety, complexity. It's, it's a, a gift, gift to, to be, be present, present in, in this, this moment. moment. So let us worship, simply worship. And now, my friends, as we always do, we begin our worship with an opportunity to reconcile our hearts to God and to one another through the passing of the peace of Christ. You may pass that peace with any sign with which you and your partner are most comfortable, a handshake, a fist bump, a hug, whatever that may be. The peace of Christ be with you all.
may be seated. I'd like to invite all my young friends to come and talk with me for a minute. And if you wouldn't mind, come up here, Gigi and Sophia. Hi, friend. Hi. How's it going? Are you good? I like your mask. It's a wolf. It's a wolf. That's awesome. So many friends today. Hi, how are you? Actually, it's a fox. Thank you for telling me. All right, friends. I wonder, hello. I wonder if you know what time of year it is in the church. I don't know. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's winter. It's winter, you're right. <laughs> and it's cold. Um, what big holiday is coming up? Where you, maybe you'll have some eggs? Eggs, yes. And also Easter. Easter, mm-hmm. And the time leading up to Easter is called Lent. Can yeah. you say Lent? Yeah, Lent. Good and job. I, and every day I go to school, we make arts for the art show at Appleseed Preschool. That's exciting. All right, so in Lent, it's a time that we're waiting and we're getting ready for Easter. So the color of Lent, what color are the choir people wearing up there? Do you see? Purple, that's the color of Lent, yeah. I wonder if you notice anything that's missing in our sanctuary. The flags, banners, what else? Is there something that's usually here that's not? Oh no. Usually we have all of these extra enhancements. But for Lent, we don't have that because this room is already really beautiful, right? Yeah? We have something else that's not usually here today. Will you come look at this table, the altar with me? What's on here? What's that? A cup. Mm-hmm. What do you think's in the cup? Grape juice. Grape juice. And? Bread. What's that? Bread. What is it for? It starts with a C. Do you remember what this is called? No. It's called communion. Communion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, friends, we don't have like steak or lasagna or some big fancy meal here, right? Bread is kind of simple. Yeah? Yes. But it's a simple reminder of the extraordinary thing that God loves each and every one of you and all of us. Did you know that? What do we use it for? We use it to remember that Jesus loves us so much and Jesus loves you. That's really cool, huh? Yeah, but usually I, we usually eat bread. Yeah, we're gonna eat the bread later. Later? Uh-huh. Let's I pray. I like Yay, bread. we like eating bread. Okay, dear God, Thank you so much for these simple reminders of your extraordinary love. Help us to be happy with what we have and to give to others. Amen. Okay, can you guys go to Sunday school?
Wow. Amen. Just a word of introduction to the scripture before Denny reads it for us this morning. Comes from the Gospel according to John and is the story of Nicodemus. It's a great story and it is one which is unique to the Gospel of John. It's not found in the other three Gospels. And it's a story that highlights or lifts up key themes for John's gospel. First, the identity of Jesus as God's beloved. Secondly, the role of the Spirit in discipleship. And thirdly, that the eternal life Christ initiates begins in the here and now. This passage, which we will hear read today, contains a very familiar verse, which I'm sure you know by heart. Some have laid claim to it as the most important tenet of the faith, John 3.16, right? You know this. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And then it goes on to say, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And then there's the whole born again conversation which stems from John 3.3. 3. Typically, in John's Gospel, Jesus' words to Nicodemus are deliberately ambiguous, even though Nicodemus chooses to understand them on a literal level. When Jesus tells him about a rebirthing process, that phrase can be translated from the Greek in three different ways. It can be translated, you must be born again, or you must be born anew, or it can be translated, you must be born from above. And the way you choose to understand that passage, the translation you choose makes a difference in how you understand what Jesus is saying. Well, unfortunately, many Christians, just like Nicodemus, only hear the first option, you must be born again. And Nicodemus' relationship to Jesus' teaching remains ambiguous throughout the Gospel of John, where in this Gospel, faith is never a noun, it's always a verb and it is subject to all of the ambiguity and uncertainty that we know as what it means to be human. Let's listen now as Denny reads the scripture for us. Good morning, I'm Denny Balascio. Would you please stand in body or in spirit for today's reading? The scripture lesson is a reading from the gospel according to John chapter three. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, 
Unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's Spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it's come from or where it's going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, How are these things possible? Jesus answered, You are a teacher of Israel, and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation.
be seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us together this day. Well, today is the second Sunday in the season of Lent and the second in our sermon series, Feasting Through Lent. Today, it's all about simplicity. And I found a couple of great quotes to help us fast from complexity and feast on simplicity. First, Charles Dudley Warner offers this little bit of wisdom. He says, simplicity is making the journey of this life with just baggage enough. While Hans Hoffman suggests the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. To eliminate what's not necessary and to listen to what is. If only it were that easy. Last week we read the story of Elisha running for his life from Queen Jezebel, who had put a price on his head. Now you remember Elisha's story, how he waited in a cave for a word from God to tell him what to do next, how to live his life, even whether or not he would survive. And in front of him, all sorts of huge, overpowering, complex things were taking place. There was a great wind and an earthquake and then a fire, but God's voice was not in any of those complexities. It didn't come until the silence came. It's too good to be true. How often is that our response? When we, like Elijah, are expecting complexity, and we are given simplicity. We put out these mixed messages all the time. We say we want an easy, uncomplicated life, and then we go about complicating it and insist that life is just not easy. We say that something feels too simple, and so we are perpetually waiting for the other shoe to drop. We may be drawn to the easy fix, the simple cure, the easy answer, but we rarely trust them. Confucius put it well when he said, life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. So we do to faith what we do to life adding layers of complication to make us feel more secure. Just like Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus at night, already in the throes of new birth. Why else would he have come at all? He feels trapped in his current life as a Pharisee with all its rules and regulations, rituals and beliefs strangling him like a cord around the neck. 
Nicodemus has already figured out, at least at some level, who Jesus is. He opens the conversation by saying, we know you have come from God. We've seen the signs you are doing, and there can be no doubt you are someone special. So he comes to Jesus looking for a way out of the mess of his life. And when Jesus tells him to stop believing his roots in the system would sustain him. When Jesus says to him, it's not going to be from your father or your mother, from your relations, your professors, not even from your tradition that you will find wholeness of life. When Jesus instead tells Nicodemus to root himself in God alone, it seems too simple, too good to be true. Instead of some complicated formula of rites and rituals, instead of an elaborate set of regulations and restrictions, Jesus gives Nicodemus and us an easy way out of his predicament, a simple solution. Well, this was worse than take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Doesn't Jesus know what a VIP is standing in front of him, seeking his help? How could something like letting go and letting God be God offer the freedom Nicodemus so desperately needs? I think Nicodemus has a sort of labor and delivery kind of problem. It seems he is half in and half out of his own birthing process. He is like the man in the old joke who is caught in a flood. And so he goes up onto the roof of his house to escape the waters, where he prays to God to rescue him. Person after person comes along in a rowboat, offering to take this man to safety. And every time he says, no thanks, I know God will save me. Finally, the flood rises and the man drowns. And when he gets to heaven, he bitterly complains. I prayed and I prayed, God, and you did not save me. And God heaves a great sigh and then says, well, I sent you four rowboats. What else do you want? (laughs) Nicodemus has a problem like the man in the flood. And maybe, maybe like you and me. For how often do we experience God's grace and think, this can't be it. It's too simple. There must be something more to it than this. We think we have to do something more in order to become God's beloved. Maybe I just need to wait a little longer, pray a little harder, ask a little louder. This is too good to be true. How often do we watch rowboat after rowboat drift on by without us? Someone else put it this way. We don't claim the grace that comes to us. Instead, we set the evidentiary bar so high for proof of God's presence 
that we don't notice God at all. For us, grace has to be magic, full of special effects before we pay any attention. But most of the miracles of God's grace, the grace that transforms our thinking, the grace that heals our spirits, the grace that saves our dignity and liberates our potential, the grace that brings us through new birth into new life over and over and over again. Most of those miracles of grace are like the rowboats, coming along regularly, sometimes even in response to our prayers. But the thing is, you have to get into them to get the full effect. You have to be willing to fast from the complexity you expect or even the complexity you create in order to feast on the simplicity God is offering to you this very day. Recently, I got to thinking about two things I love to do. Painting silk and practicing improvisational theater. Now, at first glance, those two may seem like dissimilar, disconnected activities with nothing in common. And yet, I believe I am drawn to both of them because each practice pushes me in a particular way, and it teaches me some valuable lessons about grace. In order to do well in improv or in silk painting, you have to learn four lessons. First, you have to learn to be present in the present moment. You have to pay attention to what is happening right then. Secondly, you have to learn to listen deeply to your craft. Thirdly, you have to learn to let go of your own agenda. Okay, I confess this one's the hardest one for me. But you can no more absolutely control the flow of paint on silk than you can control the flow of story in improv. And then fourthly, you have to learn to keep moving the process forward. Now, isn't that the way of the life of faith? To fast from complexity and to feast on simplicity requires a spirituality of presence, paying attention to what is going on right now. It also needs a lifetime of listening, and it implies a practice of letting go, and it means endeavoring always to move our story forward in the direction of God's light and Christ's love. Even when that means trusting grace or risking faith that seems too simple to work, that seems almost too good to be true. Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach once told a room full of students, 
Full experiences of God can never be planned or achieved. They are spontaneous moments of grace, almost accidental. Hearing this, one of the students then asked, Rabbi, if God realization is accidental, then why do we work so hard at our spiritual practices? To which the rabbi replied, in order to be as accident-prone as possible. (laughs) To be as accident-prone as possible is to be present. It is to listen. It is to let go of our own agenda. And it is to move forward with God. Poor Nicodemus, he may have blown his chance. He was ready to do almost anything in order to be free. Anything that is, except for the simple thing Jesus asked to let go of his own complexity in favor of God's simplicity. Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free. My friends, the waters all around us are rising from complexity to simplicity. Don't you dare miss the boat. (laughs) Amen. unthinkable. We are brought to our knees, God. Today there is no true north. And when we last checked, perhaps the sun did not rise at all. Today the innocent still suffer, buildings still fall, families still grieve. Lives have ended without any reasonable fanfare. This is the way of tragedy, how it breaks in and robs us while we sleep. Help us to know what to feel, what to do, how to grieve together. Blessed are we who try to see things clearly, though the truth of it all feels unimaginable. Blessed are we who ask and wait and ask again 
for answers that may not come, for hope that seems hard to find, for comfort that is not easily offered. Along the way, show us how to live, how to love in this messy, beautiful, ordinary life you gift us with. We lift to you now those in our community with health concerns. For Janet, Rachel, Donna, Daryl, David and Debbie, Jim, June, Brianna, Bob, Cheryl, Linda, Captain Carolyn Joe, Deborah, David, Howard, Donovan, and George. Hold in your loving arms all who are experiencing loss, including Jeannie, Beth, Laura, and the friends and family of Andrew Hershey. Remind us that you, O oh God, are our home and our refuge. When life's unthinkable fragility is too difficult to hold, take our hands. Show up in the small necessities and everyday graces. God, be bread, be water, be our simple kindnesses to strangers. Be the reason we feel loved when we catch a glimpse of our own reflection. We lift to you all our spoken and unspoken prayers today, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. I invite us now into a time of giving. The offering plate will be passed in the sanctuary. And you may also give online at our website, edmundsumc.org forward slash give, or by mailing checks to the church at 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. Let us give with joy and with generous hearts. Oh. 
simplicity of faith and a generosity of service that gives without counting cost. A life overflowing with grace poured out from the one who gave everything that we might show the power of love to a hurting world. Use the simple gifts we offer today to bless our community and our world. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> As we prepare to come together around the Lord's table this morning, I invite you to join with us in a very simple communion liturgy, and I would invite you to read the bold face print. Come, all you who are loved by God, come to God's table, come and eat food with no cost, come and drink with no money to pay. We, we come, come to, to eat, eat, to, to drink, drink and, and to, to be filled, filled with the gladness of God's love. Our hearts are truly glad, and we are filled with thanksgiving, because in your great love, O Holy One, you did not abandon us to the fearful, foreboding places of our world. In Jesus, you came to us to rescue and restore us, and to give us new life. All, All who, who are, are tired and burdened all who are frightened and unsafe, all who are sick and despairing, all who are lost can come to you to find new life. We remember the way that Jesus showed love for us. On the evening before he died, he had supper with his friends. And during the meal, he took bread, gave thanks for it, broke it, and then passed it to his friends, saying, this is my body given for you. Eat this and remember me. We come to the table to remember Jesus and his love. After the meal, Jesus took the cup of blessing, gave thanks for it, and passed it around the table, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for forgiveness and wholeness. We come to the table to remember Jesus and his love. Send, O oh God, your Holy Spirit, on these gifts of bread and cup and on all who shall receive them, let them be for us the body and love of Christ. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer which Jesus taught. Our Father, Father in, in heaven, heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Would the servers come forward at this time?
table is now set, and we are all invited to feast together.
Let us pray. O God of world-changing, life-renewing love, we thank you for welcoming us to your table, reminding us that we are your children and empowering us to share your love with everyone we meet. Thanks be to God. Amen. We have a few announcements that we would like to make this morning. And I'm going to have us come down here uh, because there's a surprise one at the end. <laughs> so first of all, friends, um, tonight, I hope you are um, thinking about joining us for Foundry at 6 o'clock here in the sanctuary. That is our contemplative worship experience. It's lovely. It's very quiet and peaceful. And if you remember, we are now doing this only once a month on the first Sunday of the month. So don't miss it tonight. Come and you'll be good for a whole month. <laughs> also, I want to encourage you to uh, put on your calendars and plan to participate in our strategic planning conversations which are beginning on March 12th with four weeks of conversation around how we might dismantle racism in our midst. We also invite you to go to a Zoom meeting at 8 o'clock this Tuesday, March 7th, um, to learn about summer opportunities, both for our youth and also intergenerational for um, mission trips and different experiences this summer. Um, we will not be having youth group this evening, but we'll resume that next week. Now for the surprise. Uh, this is a bittersweet moment in the life of this congregation because Jackie Benjamin is going to be moving, and this is her last Sunday with us uh, until she comes back to visit. So Jackie, would you come forward? And I'd like to, thank you, offer you <clears throat> our blessing upon your way. Um, you're moving to Southern California, correct? Where you have family? Yes. And you know that you are leaving behind an extended family. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we will look forward to many visits in coming months and years. And you know that you always will have a place here because you always have a place in our hearts. So let us send Jackie forth with a prayer of blessing. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we are indeed grateful that you have called us into community together, that you have gifted us with Jackie for this time, and we with her. And we pray, oh God, your greatest blessings upon Jackie as she departs from this place to go into a new home in a new community in a new way of being. Travel with her to provide her safety, to offer her peace, and to help her remember your love goes with her every step of the way. In Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank we you love all. you.
Oh good, we've made her cry now. <laughs> I guess our work is done. Now, now, friends, will you please rise and body your spirit for a closing My friends, let us go out with the assurance that Christ goes before us, helping us let go of the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. May the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen. <laughs>